Welcome to Third Tuesday Conversation, a monthly podcast that focuses on the ministry of faith formation with children, youth, and families in ELCA congregations. Our goal is to engage in conversations that strengthen and empower your ministry world. This podcast is produced by the ELCA Youth Ministry Network. I'm Elizabeth Pedersen. I'm Danica Olson. And I'm Adam Butler. Welcome, everybody, to Third Tuesday Conversation, a freshly recorded Third Tuesday Conversation. We've been kind of on a roll of uh, sending out, I wanted to use roll twice. We're kind of on a roll of rolling out some good uh, podcasts from the uh, extravaganza, some great conversations, and uh, what a gift it was to listen back to those and hear the wisdom of those guests that we were lucky to, enough to have. And and so now we're recording some fresh new podcasts and and uh, hopefully some good topics upcoming for uh, everyone's ministry world. Um, and uh, how's everyone doing? How about a little check in? Hey, hey! It's, it's like the first day of summer programming at my church, so. Up and at them. Kids everywhere. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of the good kind. Yeah. That, yeah. Nice. We just, we just had our first day of VBS. Survived. Survived. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of kind of fun being just like a person who gets to walk around, play rock, paper, scissors with everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, that's my official job. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Do, how many? So. You have like hundreds of kids, don't you? Yeah, 150. That's awesome. Year. Yeah, pretty awesome. Lots How of many rock, paper, scissors games did you win? Uh, so currently I'm three and seven. I did really awful today. I had I'll kind say. of this weird realization when I lost like five in a row to start. I was like, maybe I'm not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never really thought I was like good at I never. I If you asked me if I was good at rock, paper, scissors, I'd be like, I don't know. But today I kind of realized like, I'm actually not good. I don't know what the strategy of, of rock, paper, scissors is. Hmm. So I mean, if anybody's got it out there, reach out. <laughs> My son always chooses rock. I mean, oh. that's a strategy. Every single <laughs> time. I think it's because he just doesn't totally get the game. <laughs> He's only four. <laughs> so, you know what? Every once in a while, you're going to win. Well, no, not when your sister knows that you're going to choose that's rock true. every single time. <laughs> that's true. She yeah. is undefeated against him because <laughs> he always chooses rock. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. So we got some improvement in our uh, rock, paper, scissors lens too. So, yeah. Well, you know, we've always... all got areas of improvement. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. All right. Well, uh, that it, good little segue to uh, what we're talking about today because our, our, because of VBS, our, our space here at uh, our church is, transformed into a desert i don't i was gonna say wasteland that's probably not the best. that's probably <laughs> no, not, that's what it not. Is. No. A, a desert uh beauty oasis uh, oasis whatever you want to call it but um but vbs actually is a really good uh is really good um, example of how we can how we transform and reimagine space to create something for people when they come into our buildings that is engaging and uh, exciting and also meets a need. And, and so that's kind of the, the topic of our uh, podcast today is a conversation around how we are reimagining and wondering about our place and our space, uh, specifically uh, the buildings that we do our ministry in. Uh, and, and, you know, not everyone is in a, 
a building or, or one building, maybe it's a couple buildings, but most of us have a home base where we're doing our ministry. And, you know, as we come out of COVID, we're, we continue to just reimagine what this stuff looks like. And one of those things is our, it's our space. And so um, we've got a guest with us today. Uh, John is here with us. Hello, John Pedersen. Uh, welcome. Yes. Thank you, Adam, for having me. Um, it's just good to be with you guys. Um, I was really fun to hear about the banter. Banter of this podcast is one of my favorite things. <laughs> Even though you have smart things to say, I love hearing the banter. So paper, rock, scissors was a was a good one today. You got some good live banter. You got to watch it happen. And it was awesome. Made my day. The content, the content was good. Yeah. Thanks, man. Do you have any that. strategy tips for my son or Adam? <laughs> Um, before we get into the well, real Well, don't choose rock every time. <laughs> Our daughter, my daughter has also been wanting to play a lot lately, and she doesn't really get it, but she does choose something different every time, so I'll give her that. There you go. That's yeah. maybe part of the strategy, Adam. You can choose something different every time. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that I do almost every time choose oh, something good. different. Well, sometimes just, you have to choose the same, though. I know. There's like a... There's a pattern. There's a strategy. <laughs> some people get it. Some I don't. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Okay. Go on. <laughs> so, uh, so as I as I said, John, you uh, um, have reimagined or have begun reimagining the, the space that you use for ministry in some unique ways, and um, I just uh, uh, maybe as a um, as a, an introduction to yourself and an inter introduction to the topic, just tell us a little bit about where you do ministry and, and what your role is and, and some of the um, kind of uh, kick us off on some of the uh, ideas that you uh, are running with in the ministry that you're doing. Yeah. So I'm John Pedersen. Yes. Married to Elizabeth Pedersen. Um, nepotism you, is why I'm here. You mean <laughs> <laughs> You mean uh, the Elizabeth on this podcast? The me. Elizabeth on it's this me. podcast. The what? Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, so I have spent I spent about 20 years in youth ministry between um, outdoor ministry at Camp Onamia and then um, a church doing exclusively youth and young adult ministry. Um, and in the last year and a half, I took a new position at Diamond Lake Lutheran Church in South Minneapolis um, as director of community outreach. So for me, I was involved with work with Riverside Innovation Hub and the Public Church Framework and really felt this call um, to how are we going outward? And I know we're talking about how we're using our, our building and that sort of thing, but I think we can't even begin to know how to use our building until we get to know our neighbors and the people around us um, and really find out who we are too in that process as churches and individuals. Um, so uh, the church that I started at uh, underwent a capital campaign, their first, I think, in 20 years, maybe even 30 years, um, to really redo the space. And the space was redone in a way that could be used Sunday through Saturday, not, not, not exclusively to bring people in and, you know, butts in, butts in the seats. I think I've heard Adam say that excellently, butts in the pews. But, but how does our outward ministry um, also allow to use our buildings in a way that is uh, being neighbor, 
that is welcoming people in and that sort of thing. So I by no means, I do not have all the answers. We are just kind of starting this process, but also finding ways we can be the church in and out of our building, I think is so important. And, and without an agenda, like without, we need this much money, we need this many kids. Uh, it really is, how do we enter into relationship? And our building is a part of that. Nice. When I was thinking about this conversation that we were inevitably going to have, I was reminded of the the phrase, build it and they will come. <laughs> and I think that it's easy to get stuck there, though. Like, okay, let's make our building a little better so that people will want to come into it. And I mean, maybe there's part of that in how we move forward in ministry, but also, yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. I guess it's just, I get stuck thinking about it because it's like, well, if we had an awesome playground in our backyard, I mean, don't you think the neighbors would come over? Probably. But I think that that's not, well, I guess, John, that's not what you're talking about, is it? What's the balance? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there has to be a balance, but I it comes down to knowing again, knowing who our neighbors are, and it's it's uh, it's it's reframing in a sense, and and almost just saying we need to. Well, we've always taken this approach. Well, we need to have programs. We need to have this many people. All of this, and and I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I mean, I think we have to change who we are as as a congregation before we can even begin to expect people to come to us and want to be with us in our buildings. Um, and so this outward approach then becomes us us taking those steps to get out, um, us finding out who our neighbor is with no agenda whatsoever. And then I, I believe that the things are going to start to happen. Like we've been doing programs programs i guess in our building but really based around uh faith and art so uh bringing artists in and that sort of thing and utilizing our space kind of overlooking the lake to allow people to kind of learn and tap into their own um artistic vocational things but we we can't like i i don't know we can't just be a community center because that's not who we are as churches. Uh, we're not called to just be a space. We're called to be relational in that space. Hmm. I don't know if any of that made any sense. <laughs> yeah. So say more what, what that means. So you're, are you open to outside organizations? This is ideas that you're plugging with your own community and hoping that they do the invitation, how, or maybe just, if you can give us an example, you mm-hmm. mentioned this art piece. Are you asking artists from the congregation? Are you putting out an invitation to the neighborhood to say, come be a part of this? How How is... Yeah, I mean, the, the hard part with anything we do at a church is you still have to be able to get people to come. I mean, <laughs> and so we, we have had community artists, um, different people from uh, Minneapolis. We had Joe Davis come in and do spoken word poetry. We had a a gallery owner in South Minneapolis. We had the Ukrainian Village Band. Um, if you're in the Minnesota area and look up the Ukrainian Village Band, I would find them wherever you are. Um, but really these, um, and then we had a, a local theater actor as well. So no people that were uh, involved in our congregation, but 
uh, we invite, we were inviting the congregation, other church communities, and uh, our own community as well to come in and be a part of that. And, and I would say it, it happened to an extent. I mean, we still have a majority of people from our church that come to the things at the church, but we did start to see more people trickling in and saying, oh, what's going on here? And so we we wanted it to be, we, yeah, we were targeting, I guess, in a sense, the community because we want to be in relationship with them. We want to share these things we have. Um, but we also know that sometimes coming into a church is, it can be a threatening thing. It, it's not comfortable for everybody. We've, along with our space as well, we've tried to, even though we have all this fancy new space inside, um, we've been trying to do and this came out of COVID to an extent, but do four parking lot events a year. So four things that we have really with no agenda outside of getting to know who our neighbors are, come for food, come for live music, things like that, and just be together in our parking lot. And those parking lot things seem to be a little bit bigger because I think it is more of a non-threatening space. It, it, is, it is not easy for people to just walk through the doors of a church. Um, so at these kind of neighborhood things, we've had more people, parents biking up with their kids, um, people bringing their dogs, um, and, and being able to sit together and kind of be the hub for the community in that way. Again, with no agenda saying, we need you to come into our building and come to worship, but just, we want to get to know you like, because we have not as a church really tried to get our, know our neighbors A neighbor can be in the broad sense or right down the road. So I think, I think that's what we're trying to do. It's, you know, with like anything, it's going to have mixed results. And some things are going to work and some things are not going to work. But uh, we, we've got to start trying. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot on this, um, this podcast. And I know, that, I know that this conversation is happening a lot in, in all of our ministry circles about, you know, reimagining and, and uh, but specifically like, having this opportunity right now and seizing the opportunity to, to think about things differently and think about them in a completely different way than we ever have, or not ever have, but like maybe long, a longer time ago in history that we can connect with some of the, the ways that we, uh, that we used to gather with church. And so, um, I, you know, you said a couple of things that there's, there's no, no agenda. And I think, one one of the things there is is and you even alluded to it which which is like no agenda other than building relationships mm -hmm. right so like the problem has been that the agenda is, has felt like a bait and switch right that mm -hmm. like you come in to the building we're gonna tell you how awful you are we're gonna tell you you get this is the way you got to follow this this is these are the rules if you don't conform to them you're not welcome here those kinds of things or uh, everyone's welcome, but then when you come in, it's not really that welcoming and, you know, it's not really that affirming and those kinds of things. So the agenda, I, I, I like that, that there still is an agenda, but the agenda is just building relationships. And, and that is that in its most purest form, what we're, what we're called to do in this, in this work, um, not build programs, not throw events. It's the agenda and the end is relationship. I'm, I'm kind of wondering too, like if this is an opportunity where you said, uh, John, that, that we're not a community center, which I mean, I agree with we're, we're churches. And so there's something else going on there, but I'm kind of, I've been kind of wrestling in my own ministry about like, what, I mean, what if we are a community center? Like, what if this is a place where, you know, stay at home parents 
can can come during the day and this can be an option of one of the places they can come through throughout the week that gives them a little gives them something to do with their kids mm-hmm. or what if it is a place where people can uh come and um have a meal on a regular basis what if it is a place where uh people's needs are met or, you know and i know so many churches that are doing um um food shelves and, and clothing shelves and things like that. But what if it is a place that, that meets that need within the community? I don't know. I mean, like, what if it is a community center and, well, well, and what, and what does that look like? Right. And, and I'm, so I'm not like disagreeing with you. I'm just I'm like, like, what if, what if this is the opportunity where we get to get to wonder about like, isn't that part of it? Like if we, like you say, like you're, you've been saying, like, if we know things about our neighbors and we truly know, our neighbors and and the needs within our immediate community where our places are what if this community space this community center that also has kind of also has a gospel center but what if this community space met the needs of the community in in all these different kinds of ways yeah i, th- I mean i think you're exactly right and i think when i say community center more in the consumer sense you know right like it's not just a place that people come to to check something out the box but right. being a center of the community um and being a place that people gather in the community that's exactly what we want you know i mean that's what we want our buildings to be um and we don't get there i think with a lot of intentionality and um a phrase i that riverside innovation hub at augsburg often uses and i think you guys have talked about this before but it's a posture of curiosity and so we have to have a posture of curiosity for for those that are on the outside or that we consider not part of the church Hmm. so so i think i think you're right and it and i i i get tied up with that a little bit because yeah i don't think it's a community center but i do believe this is a place where community happens and should happen mm-hmm. and it's happening everywhere all around us and yet we reserve it for sunday and wednesday nights when why can't we be a place where people are gathering and and being together i love the idea um this came from a previous conversation that we were having about and Adam, you sort of touched on it, but like, what if there, if we offered spaces like the library does or the, um, the other community spots within our neighborhoods, in our communities where kids could come and learn about bugs or that it isn't a space that has to be staffed or like immediately when people think about other things happening in our buildings, I don't know, maybe I'm alone in this, but the conversation that in our building is always resources. Who's going to, who's going to staff it? Who's going to clean up? Who is going to shut the lights off? Who, you know, it's always about the resources of it. But like when I take my kids to the library to play with the like dress up clothes or whatever, a librarian never talks to me, <laughs> right? It's just a space that my kids know that they can show up in. And it's it's a place that they know they're welcome. And there's a uh, some care that happens around it, right? People pick up their things when they leave. I mean, so we sometimes are our own worst enemy when we think about like, well, yeah, all of these rooms in our churches go unused, but four hours a week or, you know, whatever the case might be. What if we 
decided to look at our spaces differently and stop stopping ourselves <laughs> from doing things that might actually be a value add to people Monday through Saturday. This is where I get caught up in the build it and they will come because you don't, yeah, sure. Like we can use our building for anything. And I think what makes that work, Danica, is if the relationship comes before the idea, you know, Mm. that you make the connection and build the relationship with your neighbor first and out of that relationship might come an opportunity for, oh, I see a need and I think we can meet it. Not and not that that is the agenda, but naturally, when you do engage in relationship with somebody and yeah. you're genuine about it, and you and the and you know obviously things are revealed that like things you can offer each other in that relationship and as as church, certainly we have things we can offer, but the beauty in this this approach to ministry is that we're not. Well, we don't have it <laughs> that we're not necessarily trying to get somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, but it feels different than the way that I grew up to learn how to do ministry. You know, it's not radical, but it feels radical. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. I mean, another example, I, th- I think with that is, yeah, it's, you have to know what people want. And so through some of this kind of process, of public church framework. I mean, we've talked to a lot of people in neighborhoods with one-to-ones and so just sitting down with people, having a conversation and getting to know them. And so much of what we're finding is, and we know this, it's clear as day, but the isolation people have had, the, the wanting and need for community as we come back to whatever this new life and normal is going to be. So so through those conversations and through another ministry partner, yeah, we're going to start doing a, a community meal. And and in our part of Minneapolis, it's not as much of a need that, yes, there's always a need for food. But we really found that that need was people want to sit down together. People want to talk to one another. They want to have those conversations again. So, so that's starting up because of what we were hearing from our neighbors. So it can't just be build it and they will come being, we do this program or we make this thing, but it's find out what we need and then look at how are we equipped as a church to then answer that call and and um, walk with people in that. Because I think that's when we can really make a difference. So we've got space. We just got to know how to use it. And they'll tell us how they want it used if we listen, if we actually want to listen. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's the key, right? Is that that's part of the problem that we've had is that we've, it's been easy or it's felt easy. People have just come, you know, and we haven't necessarily needed to know what people need because they, they, they kind of showed us that this was the thing that fit into their lives at this particular time. I'm wondering, uh, you know, I think you're uh, Elizabeth, I think you're right that, that there's this weird, there's this weirdness of like build it and they will come, but also relationships and like, which one, which one come comes first. And I think, you know, a relationship in general needs to, to come before we off, like, so we, so we know the needs. Right. Um, but there, but one of the things that I think we need to lean into and I'm John, I'm, this is going to be a question for you about how you're utilizing this, but like one of the things that we need to recognize is that we already have built in relationships with the people who are part of our congregations, right? That like those relationships already exist. And, um, and so we're not starting from zero when we meet 
when we try to meet the needs of the community by offering things within our space, within our place that are, that are meeting needs of the community that we need to rely on our relationships already built, our, our congregation members, our community members that are within this, this worshiping community to, to make sure that people know that this is, this is a space for those things. And so John, I'm kind of, I'm curious how you've started to utilize these things and and how you've spoken to your neighborhood and you've listened and you've come to these conclusions about uh, what kind of things uh, Diamond Lake Lutheran wants to, wants to do or provide. How are you leaning on your congregation members to make sure that the neighborhood neighborhood knows? Because I mean, it can't be all John, right? John can't go to every neighbor and say like, hey, we're having a community meal. You should come on out. Like we have to rely on some of those relationships that have already been built. So like, how are you using your community members to make sure that people know about what's these things that you're doing? Yeah. I, I mean, it, this has, and I think the hardest thing of this whole, like the public church framework is how do you share it with the rest of the congregation? How do you get buy-in? How does this culture actually change? Because if it's just staff driven, it's going to be temporary. There's going to be burnout and we can't, we can't work that way. We know that. Um, so uh, we've, we have a team that is together on this, um, that is doing the learning of, of these four art forms, um, accompaniment, interpretation, discernment, proclamation. Um, and so we're immersed in this process as a part of a partnership for two years. Um, so we're doing small things where we bring people into the process, but it's slow. Like, and I think that's the thing to recognize here. This is not a quick fix. This is not an overnight thing that happens. It is a slow process that takes, it just takes time. And, and I think the ones, the ones on our team um, that are really starting to get this stuff, are those are the ones inviting their neighbors. Their whole block came with, you know, to a Easter egg hunt we did outside. Those are a lot of the outside people that are coming in because people in our neighborhoods are saying, this is, or our people in our congregation are saying this is important and they're inviting their neighbors, they're inviting their friends. And so, yeah, that has to happen. I mean, it, we know that just cold call of putting an announcement out there, or putting something on Facebook, nobody's going to just show up. They need an invite. They need somebody that's connected. And so I think once more people hopefully start to feel that this is important, um, then they start to do the same things and they invite. And that's another thing. We're not, it's, it's hard to invite, mm-hmm. you know, we, it's just not easy. I mean, whether it's kids or adults, like that's a hard thing. That's, there's a vulnerability in inviting somebody to something. Mm-hmm. Especially when you, you're not sure how they feel about it. Right. Well, yeah. Cause when it's tied to a church, it's like, I don't, I mean, do you, how do you feel about that? Do you want to come to this thing? Yeah. <laughs> I promise I'm not a nerd. <laughs> But and, yeah, and I mean, some when, of our church things we do as a church, I, they aren't always that good. I mean, <laughs> that I don't, I no, they're not. And well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we, we don't know that part out, but like, <laughs> I no, mean, it's true though. Like, it's totally I, true. Fine to say that. We don't. I mean, yeah. even those of us who plan things, we do our it's, best, but it is always my fear: is this going to be good enough that I would invite somebody to come to it? Right. My answer isn't always yes <laughs> to myself. <Yeah. laughs> Which maybe, which maybe is a, like a litmus test. We should give everything we ever offer. Like, heck yeah. Is this something we would invite our actual neighbor, like our physical neighbor to? And if not, then maybe we should change it, dump it, or I don't know. It should, it should get an overhaul if 
we wouldn't invite our non-church friends or our physical neighbors to be a part of something. And I don't know that we really ever asked that question. <laughs> um, we're sort of navel gazers in the church of like, yeah, people who get it will come or people who understand will just show up because that's what they do or which we don't live in that world anymore. People, I mean, we've talked a lot about rhythms here. People are out of the rhythms. And if it, if it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. So I actually think John, that's like a super, that might be the best nugget of this whole podcast. Would I invite somebody to this, even though I'm planning it? And that's just like, we're just talking programming, but like, I think if you think about the institution in general, yes. like that's one of the, th that's why we're in this place of needing to reimagine is that like, I, I don't know. I mean, for mo <laughs> for a lot of the time I've been in this, I don't think I would invite my friends to it, you know, but, but then again, but then when you think about the core of what, we, and then this is where we're all the things that we've been talking about are, are going back to that relationship piece, John, that you mentioned right away that like, I would invite my friends and my neighbors to be a part of a community that felt like they belonged and felt like they were in like meaningful relationship. That's the thing. And that's the goal and where we'd like to get back to. But I think that's, th that, that's the part where we've separated ourselves from that piece of it and have been so, uh, you know, program driven, but also just like reliant on the fact that people just kind of come that, then, then to a certain extent, it's like, ah, gosh, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'd love for you to come and be a part of it, but like, I'm, I can understand why it's not that compelling. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I think the last couple of years have given us the opportunity and thrust us into the new reality that like, we have to like learn a new way, a different way of engaging the community of being compelling to the world or yeah i keep thinking it just keeps crossing my mind like this is all so duh you know but not and so then i then i go in the spiral of like all right so is this just me like i just have been too dense in my whole ministry to not get enough of what we're trying to do here what my role is and whatever but i really do think there's something about the time and place that we find ourselves in now that we're sitting down to have this conversation like so like how do we use our space <laughs> <laughs> it's not we can't take for the community for granted really anymore right like they're not just automatically here they're not for me at least you know some of them but you got to work a little harder so it's making us go hmm yeah all right as we wrap up, this has been a good discussion. I think um, provided some food for thought. John, as we wrap up our conversation, can you dispense your wisdom on us about um, one learning or discovery that being a part of this process has provided to you and maybe a question you want other people to wrestle with when after they're done listening to this episode. One thing is just don't be afraid to do it. You know, don't be afraid to just jump out and try to go outside of your comfort zone here to, to, to get to know 
people in different ways. And this isn't any, we do this. Like we, we just don't name it as kind of the intentionality of the relationship sometimes or the, the how do we just go and listen with no agenda but to listen. So, so I think you just have to kind of start. Like it is, it, like Elizabeth said, there's, there's so much of this is what I've learned is duh. Why wouldn't, like, I think back to when I was doing high school youth ministry and it was like, why wouldn't I just go out and try to find out what's going on in people's lives? But yet it became so easy to just stay insular and do what was comfortable in my little church bubble. And, and now I feel like, yeah, this is outside of my comfort zone. I have tons of anxiety, even though it's my job to go out and do this stuff. And yet it does fill me up in different ways because it just feels real. It feels genuine and it feels exciting. So uh, this stuff isn't that hard, but it's convincing ourselves that it's okay to to go have a one-to-one conversation with somebody. Talk to somebody you haven't talked to. Um, We have neighbors who we've seen almost every day of the last two weeks, mainly because they got a new puppy and our daughter bolts out the door as soon as she sees it. But (laughs) we hadn't talked to them in probably nine years. Did the head nod, the wave. And even through this process, it's been stirring in me the fact that what can I do just to get to know my own neighbor? Not doing this as a church, but how do I get to know my own neighbor? Um, And and so I I think that's stuff that relates to our own lives as well. Um, And as far as a question, just uh, start somewhere. Think of one person you could go talk to. Um, There are plenty of resources out there on -on one-to-one conversations. You can create it your own. It can be flexible. It doesn't have to be anything whatsoever, but like pick somebody you want to talk to and then ask them, who should I talk to next? And then ask for that person, who should I talk to next? And so I would just say, who's somebody you want to talk to? Nice. Thanks for joining us today. I feel like I got some interesting things that I have swirling in my brain and Perhaps we'll do a follow-up episode on this at some point. Uh, If the listening audience has something that comes out of this, these questions or discoveries, maybe we could have you as a guest. Something that sparked your imagination as a part of this conversation. Let us know. We'd love to have you. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Banter firsthand. You can (laughs) see it, hear it, feel it. You really never know what it's going to be about, but. There's Neither do be, we. That's right. <laughs> Never would have guessed paper rock I scissors. Do, I do remember a quick little uh quick little uh um sidebar. Sidebar. We used to plan banter and it never went as well. <laughs> when we first started the podcast, it was like, should we how about we talk about this and then we'll talk about the weather and then we'll talk about this thing that happened and then it was never it never went well. Never maybe did. like the first couple of episodes, yeah. but after that we knew it was felt planned so anyway now you just get us blabbing away live and living color here (laughs) anyway this will probably be cut so that's good that's right all right before we go here are a few quick announcements and reminders there is a ton of stuff for you to use on the network website and on martin's list there's lots of resources training materials and other pieces that can make your work easier be sure to visit the site and see what's available to you You also can upload your own resources there if you think they're worthy of sharing. We're now collecting data for the network's annual salary survey. 
Data We Collect Now will be released in the fall and will help you and your congregation as you talk about budgets and compensation. The data can be looked at by size of congregation, roster status, education status, region of the country, gender, and other categories. It will take you about five to 10 minutes to complete, and it's super helpful for you and your colleagues. Please go to elcaymnet.org survey to take it today. The Extravaganza planning team has been working hard as they prep for Extravaganza 2023, and they have identified four learning tracks, which are how to build a new kind of church without getting fired, hmm. making your church a safe place for children and youth, your story is enough, you can't fill from an empty cup, and reclaiming the E-word, a new form of outreach. More information on the website soon, and registration opens on July 1st. Thank you to all of you who are members of the network. Your membership makes things like Third Tuesday Conversation, the mobile app, the Connect Journal, and so many more things possible. If you're not a member of the network, we encourage you to join. If you are, double check to make sure your membership status is up to date. You can do so by logging into the website and clicking on your name at the top to see your account status. We're grateful to be a community that cares for this ministry. And as always, thanks so much for listening. New podcasts will be released on the third Tuesday of every month. So be, to sure, be sure to subscribe so you receive them as they come out and share it with your friends. And thank you to Paul Amlin, the 3TC producer for his work. Have a great week. Bye. 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 I've always wanted to do that.